Welcome to Catch the Fire London's podcast. We pray that you will be radically transformed as you listen to this message. Bless you. So, why don't you welcome up for Lake? Thank you. Come on. Yeah. Why don't you just release a blessing over her? Lord, I thank you for the place that she goes into where she just, she just seeks your heart for what you want, God, for what you want for this world, that she is a contender for this world. She's a contender for your gospel and your name, oh God. And we bless her and we ask God that you would pour out your spirit upon her as she releases your word, as she speaks scripture, as she brings um, just the power of heaven in this place. Would you flow through her in Jesus' mighty name? Amen. Good morning, family. Hallelujah. Thank God. God is surely good. Excuse me. I'm going to be talking about, um, I believe, oh, I didn't put my thighs. <laughs> I believe in getting rid of bitterness. Um, so we're going to be getting rid of bitterness today. And uh, when I start, I always like to just celebrate, I appreciate the pastors and the leaders. Um, Thank God for your lives, and I celebrate you, and I honor you. Amen. Amen. And thank you, church. Love you guys. Amen. So we're going to be looking at Holy Spirit. Welcome you, Lord, taking your presence in this place. Just taking your presence, Lord. Today's message is going to be a bit strong. But uh, somebody laughs like as if it's not. <laughs> Knowing me, <laughs> anything can happen, as I always say. Um, so we're going to be looking at, because bitterness is something we need to get rid of. And to get rid of bitterness, you need to be brutal. <laughs> you need to get rid of it. <laughs> so the, um, bitterness, I know you know the meaning, but I like to just, I like to look at definitions sometimes. And, and the dictionary says bitterness is anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly, and that gives you resentment. So most of those who've got bitterness have been treated unfairly. And sometimes, if we look at it, yes, they have been treated unfairly. Sometimes people think they've been treated unfairly. So we, anger, um, bitterness needs to be dealt with um, brutally, like I said. And bitterness, bitterness is linked to anger. So before you can get bitter, there must be anger somewhere, something that has upset you, that has grieved your heart. And anger is a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, and hostility. So there is annoyance, there is displeasure of the injustice and hostility. You become hostile, and not hostile only to, um, to, to the person who's offended you, but as we study along, you find out that the hostility can go so far and so wide. So there are three kinds of bitterness that I'm going to address in the Bible that I would address. There might be a lot more. Bitterness against God is the first one. And it is very easy to get bitter against God when things are not going the way you want it to go. When, when, when we feel pain, when we prayed and prayed and prayed, there's an issue we've been praying for for a while. And um, I, I thought we've done all the prayer, we've pulled down, we've destroyed, we've planted. And then it seems the thing is, every time we think it's moving, then it takes another turn. And I'm thinking, what's going on? You know, so sometimes you can get bitter against God. But we mustn't get bitter. We must ask him, God, what is going on? Show me, give me understanding. 
standing. Lord, reveal to me. Lord, we must have that open heart, not the heart that closes and think God owes us an explanation and then we're ready to contend with God. I want us to look at the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 20. Naomi is a lady that was bitter against God. She said, um, I'm reading Amplified Version. I'm going to read a lot of versions, but this time I'm reading Amplified Version. So um, Ruth 1, 20 to 21. So people, I'll give you a background story. Naomi and her husband went to Moab during the time of famine in Israel. They went to Moab to seek greener pastures. And when she got there, she lost her husband and her two sons. She said to them, so, this, so women, when Naomi now found out that there's pl- there plenty in Israel, she went back home to Israel. So when Naomi got to Israel, people saw her, is that Naomi? And they started welcoming her. And, you know, people were so happy to see her. So this is her replying, answering the people. She said to them, do not call me Naomi. Naomi means sweetness. She said, do not call me sweetness. Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Mara means bitter. For the Almighty has caused me great grief and bitterness. I left full with a husband and two sons, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. So Naomi was bitter against God because she felt the Lord had punished her and treated her unjustly. But I want to give you a background story about going to Moab. The Lord had told the children of Israel in in Deuteronomy that they must not return to Moab because Moab, when they left Egypt, the Moabites were were wicked to them. They didn't feed them. They didn't let them pass through. They were so mean to them. So God said they mustn't go back to Moab. But when things were going bad in Israel, the husband took the family to Moab. Now, she could feel unjust as well because she lost her two children, she lost her husband, and in those days, women didn't have a voice. So if the husband says, let's go to Moab, Moab we go. So she feels, uh, uh, she feels injustice, and now she's lost her husband and, the two, and her two great grown sons. And so she felt so bitter and sometimes circumstances come that make us feel bitter. But the first question we need to ask is, what role have I played in this circumstance? What could I repent of? What could I ask God to change in my life or whatever has happened? Sometimes there might be something we've done wrong or something we've omitted or something we didn't see. So we need to always go back to God and ask questions. So Naomi was bitter against God. But the beautiful thing about the end of the story, if you've not read the book of Ruth before, that's an invitation to read the book of Ruth. But um, the beautiful thing about the story is that she poured all her affection on a young girl, a daughter-in-law that followed her to Israel. And because of that, she started loving again. She started feeling the honor of God again. Um, she said that there's a, there's a different case study, so I won't go too deep into this. But she started feeling the love of God again. And because of that, she, she was able to love God once more. And one of the ways to, in which we need to get rid of bitterness against God is first to repent. And then the second thing is to pour that love upon him and upon his people and just ask him to take this bitterness out of us. Amen. Another person that got, that was bitter in the Bible is a bitterness of the soul, where you are bitter against your own self. 
something has happened. You've made a mistake and you hit yourself and you're bitter against yourself. And this is, I'm going to read and amplify again. First Samuel 1 verse 16 to 18. No, actually, not bitter against yourself. This is bitterness against circumstance around you. So bitterness of the soul, your soul is just bitter against what is going on around you, what has happened to you, the, the injustice you feel, the, the, the things that you want to happen but it's not happened. Um, this is First Samuel chapter 1, verse 16. Um, this is um, Anna. Anna was a woman that was married to a husband. Oh, is it Elkanah? Elkanah, I think. <laughs> I had his name up in my head on yesterday, but now it's gone. But um, Elkanah, he was, she was so upset. Um, he, he loved her so much. He cared about her so much. But she was barren. And she had a, 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 a stepwife that is Penena who provoked her and always just treated her unjustly and mean and nasty to her. And didn't, she, didn't, she wasn't even sympathetic at all that this woman is barren or has not had a child. So in the grief of her heart, she went to pray in the temple. And as she was praying, the priest saw her, Eli, and he felt that she was drunk. So this is her replying back to Eli. Do not regard your maidservant as a wicked and a worthless woman. For I have spoken unt until now out of my great concern and bitter provocation. So she's been provoked bitterly. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant your petition and grant your petition that you have asked of him. Hannah said, let your maidservant find grace and favor in your sight. So the woman went on her way and ate, and because she didn't eat before, she was burdened and bitter. So Anna now went away. Because Anna went and cried, taking, took her bitterness to the Lord and her pain to the Lord, the Lord granted her her desire, and she had a son named Samuel. So when you have bitterness, it is so important that we take it to the Lord. Many times when we are bitter, we don't take it to the Lord. We, we think we can deal with it. And you've been treated unjustly, so you want to put on your gloves and you want to fight. You want to fight for justice. And I don't, please do not get me wrong, there's some times to fight for justice, but you must fight for justice after you've sought the Lord. Do not do it in your own flesh. And this is what the Lord is teaching us, because it's easy for us to do it in our own flesh. And the Lord is warning us against this as a church. So I believe in getting rid of bitterness, and I believe you believe in it too. So bitterness of the soul, where you've been unjustly treated, cry to the Lord, and the Lord will fight for you. The third kind of bitterness, which we're really going to um, zoom on today, is bitterness against a fellow human. Bitterness against a brother, a sister, a man, a woman that has hurt you, that have said something they shouldn't have said, that have done something they shouldn't have done to you, and you are so bitter, you are, so you are in so much pain and grief. And I'm going to read, um, let me just I'll look at some scriptures first, then I read. In, in Greek, bitter girl, bitterness is seen as bitter girl, wickedness, extreme wickedness, a bitter root that produces a bitter fruit. So bitterness is wickedness and is a bitter root and it would produce a bitter fruit. Bitterness would produce a fruit and that fruit is, is wickedness, is, is, a, is an unfruitful fruit and is a fruit that would destroy. 
And as we study along, we find out that this root doesn't only destroy you, but it destroys, it could destroy a church, God forbid our church, it could destroy a nation, it could destroy a family. If we do. And you know, there was a time I watched something on, on, on TV in Scotland. There is a war between two, I don't know if it's two tribes or two group of clans. And, it's, and this war is passed down from generation to generation because of an argument or a disagreement that's happened within families or whatever has caused it. But bitterness doesn't stop here. That's the thing. That's why we need to uproot it. We must be brutal against it because it doesn't stop with you. It passes on to your children, passes on to your children's children. And we, we continue to be bitter. For generations to come, we will not let go of it. But it's, it's not destroying only the people that you are bitter against, but it destroys you and it can even destroy innocent people. So um, this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it that no one falls short of God's grace. Bitterness can make you fall short of the unmerited favor of God, the grace of God. See to it that no one falls short of of See to, see to it that no one falls short of God's grace, that no root of resentment spring up and cause trouble by it many be defiled. Bitterness can defile. It is so wicked. I read it from another translation, NLT. Look after each other. We need to guard against it. That's why our pastors have put this, um, Chloe has put this teaching together. Our pastors have put this teaching together to teach one another, to guard against it. Look after each other so that none of you fall to re- fails to receive the grace of God. God forbid we can fail to receive the blessings of God because of bitterness. We can fail to receive the, the abundance of God. We can fail to receive a peaceful home and a, a joyous home because of bitterness. We can fail to raise up godly children who are happy because of a bitter mother. Every time the child does something just like your father, is useless, is an alcoholic, you will turn out like him. And you keep raising these children up with this seed of bitterness. So the Lord is telling us that we should be careful that we don't, we don't, we don't allow it. It grows up and causes trouble and corrupts many. The bit that marveled me as I'm preparing this message is the corruption that it does. Bitterness doesn't just stay with, with you. You now start sowing the seed around and you're corrupting this person, that person. Before you know what is going on, you've gathered your own crew. Let's, as we, let's keep studying. New King James said, looking carefully, lest anyone falls short of the grace of God. Least any root of bitterness spring up, cause cause trouble, and and by this, many become defiled. You become filthy. You become unrighteous before God. We are wearing the righteousness of God when you give your life to Christ. It's no more your righteousness. It's the righteousness of God that you you have. But when you have bitterness in you, you start picking, picking up a nature that God doesn't recognize. You are partnering with some something that God doesn't recognize. So when you come to him in prayer, that's why he said that your prayers will be in the, in, 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 in the gospel if we do not forgive. Because you're, 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 God doesn't recognize you. There is a story, there is a bird. You know, when you start preaching and then God starts giving you revelation, I don't know the name of the bird. But this bird builds his nest, I think, high up on a tree or on a cave. If there are if their offspring falls out from the nest, when the bird comes 
and see the, the offspring out of the nest, he will not recognize that that's my offspring, and he will not feed that bird. So that, and, and, and God is not like, God is not unjust, but God will not recognize you. You will fall short of the grace of God because of bitterness. The Bible says, if you don't forgive, your father in heaven too will not forgive you. So it's important that we forgive. I'm not saying that it's easy, but we cry to God. We've seen examples of people who went to God with their bitterness. Ephesians 4 verse 31. Wow. Time. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all type of evil behavior. God categorizes bitterness as part of evil behavior. So he said, get rid of, get rid of bitterness, rage. And they are all part of the same family. Anger, they are part of the same family. Ash words, slander. When people are bitter, then they start saying things against you. You've, you've been good to them. The house they live in, you bought it for them. The car they drive, you bought it for them. But because you did one small thing, they start slandering you. People will not believe that their existence is because God used you to bless them. But they will slander you and pull you down and stab. Just get rid of it. Slander as well as all type of evil. So they work together. They do, it's like it's a demon. You know the Bible says that when a demon comes out, it, it, it looks for several more wicked demons. This spirit doesn't operate alone. It's God's companion. And so we need to be very, very careful of it. We need to be vigilant. We need to be aware of it. You might not have bitterness today, but in the future when it comes, you will remember this message in Jesus' name. And you will say, no, I am not allowing you. I am not allowing you in my life. I remember there was a woman that offended me. And I really wanted to deal with her because I thought the slander is just too much. <laughs> so that day, <laughs> that day I, I was in the kitchen. I opened my fridge and I heard the Lord said, do not touch that woman. And I closed the fridge. What do you mean do not touch that woman? Did you not hear what she did? Did you hear what she said? Da, da, da. Do, do, do. And after I've done all my rage, you know, raging and I calmed down and I thought, he said it and I must obey. But when I was preparing this message, I understood why. Because when you open your door to bitterness, it doesn't come alone. It comes with its pack. So when God says do not fight, it's because he knows what would happen if you do. He knows the danger that will happen. He knows people who will say, what? You mean you treated Falake like that? I'm going to fight for Falake. And then they will fight even worse than you fought. And the situation keeps spreading and spreading and spreading. And you started, the war started with you, but you don't know how to end it. So he said, do not, do not allow it. Do not allow it. We're going to look at a case study. And then we're going to pray. Amnon is the son of David. And I wish I'm preaching to about relationship and, and to singles. I really deal with this scripture. As I was, I was reading, I was telling my husband, can you believe this? He's as if I haven't read it before. You won't believe that. Well, anyway, I'm not dealing with relationships, so I'm just going to leave it. But Amnon was the son of David, and he fancied his half-sister. In that culture, you could marry your half-sister. So he fancied her, and he was sick. And when somebody fancies and he's so sick, sometimes I'm not sure if he's loved or lost, you know. But anyways, <laughs> he was so sick that 
he, he now spoke to one of his cousins. <laughs> this morning I was praying. I said, God, do not let my children have bad cousins. Do not let evil cousins be in my family. And the cousin advised him, oh, is that why you're, is that why you're sick? And let me tell you what to do. So he advised him to go and tell their dad that he's sick, to be sick, pretend like he's sick. So when dad comes and says, oh, are you, why are you sick? He would say, oh, I want my, cousin, my sister Tam, Tama to come and, and cook in my presence. And when she cooks in my presence, that will give me an appetite to eat. I told you, if I'm dealing with singles and relationship, I would really... <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to leave it. <laughs> so, Gary, behave. <laughs> so, she, she, um, so she, he, he, the sister came, innocent girl, cooked, served, and then he raped his sister. And with the same passion in which he so-called loved her, the same passion he hated her. So I'm going to now read some of the things that happened. So Abnon Davis, uh, this is, uh, okay, yeah, that's my, my background, okay. So now I'm reading Second Samuel 13 from verse 16 to 17. So now after he had raped her, he now pushed her out of the house. He drove her out. So the girl said, no, no, Tama, Tama, no, no, Tama cried. Sending me away now is worse than what you've, do, you've already done to me. But Amnon would, wouldn't listen to her. He shouted for his servants and demanded, throw this woman, this, this woman out and lock the door behind her. So he now treated her like Garbage, like, like, so you could see why she can be very bitter, and you could see why her family can be bitter. You could see it didn't only dishonor her, but treated her like nobody, and then made a princess be thrown out of the house by servants. It just totally dishonored her. Total disrespect. Second Samuel 13. Sorry, second, second Samuel 18 to 22. So the servants put her out and locked the door behind her. She was wearing a long, beautiful robe, as was the custom in those days for the king's virgin daughters. But now Tamar tore her robe and put ashes on her head. She then, with her, she then with her, face, with her head and then with her face. And in her... In, and sorry, and then with her face in her hands, she went away crying. Our brother Absalom saw her and asked, Is it true that Abnon has been with you? Well, my sister, keep quiet for now, since he's your brother. Don't you worry about it. So Tamar lived as a, as a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. When King David heard that, what, when King David heard what had happened, he was very angry. And though Absalom never spoke to Amnon about this, he hated Amnon deeply because of what he had done to his sister. So Absalom, who is a, I don't know if he's the older brother, was, was so upset and angry and grieved and bitter against Amnon for what he did to his sister. And you can see why. 
You can see where his anger lies. And then even though dad was angry, dad didn't really do anything about it. So that even made the anger worse. But when you are angry like this, and as, as we looked at before, if you don't direct your anger to the right channel, what you will produce will be beyond what you could have asked for. But it's just to be angry. But let's see how we dealt with it. Two years after. So it took two years to abort this anger, to, to feed it, to, 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 to massage it, to treat it, to give it all the tender loving care for this plant to grow. Root of bitterness. So this seed has become a root, and the root has gone deep. Two years. So I can read some of my plants that I planted a year ago, two years ago, two years ago, just had flowers this year. So it took a while for the roots to go down into the soil. Root of bitterness, it takes a while. It's, it, it, it's a growing, goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And you need to pull that plant out. Speedingly, crying, wailing before the Lord, fasting and praying and saying, God, I know I've been treated unfairly. I know I was the one that was abused, but I cannot let this thing destroy me. You need to ask God to pull it out. I had, um, I have, there's some, a plant growing in my, in the front of my drive, the front side of my drive-in. And um, the plant, I just felt, oh, it's there, it's doing well, it's looking green. I don't know what plant it was. I don't know, it just came by itself. So I just left it. And then one day in, in my dream, I just woke up and I heard the Lord say, why did you allow that plant in your, in your drive-in? Pull it out. So I woke up with that you know, and I thought, why is God so concerned about that plant? So the following, that day I couldn't deal with it. The following day I went. When I tried to pull it, it hadn't taken root. Even though it's looking so beautiful, but the root hadn't gone down. It was a weed. It's later that I was driving. I noticed that this wasn't a plant. It was a weed. But I don't know why God was so concerned. Some things we allow, we should not allow. Maybe it's for today's preach. Some things we allow it to grow, we need to pull it out before it takes root. That plant, even though it was green, it hadn't taken root. If you don't pull it out before it takes root, it becomes a big tree that you, you have to dig the soil before you can pull it out. So the Lord is telling us, get rid of it. So two years after, when Absalom was sharing his sheep, he invited his father to come to the party, the celebration of sharing his sheep. And the father couldn't attend, so he said, allow my brother Absalom to come. David was a bit concerned, but he allowed it. So while then, Absalom said, if you can't come, how about sending my brother Amnon Arno, with us? Why Amnon, the king asked. But Absalom kept on pressing the king until he finally agreed to let all his sons attend, including Amnon. If I was Amnon, I wouldn't attend. But I'm not taught this correct, you know. He's, he's the cool dude. So Absalom prepared a feast fit for a king. Absalom, Absalom told his men, wait until Abnon gets drunk. Then at my signal, kill him. Don't be afraid. I am the one who has given the, who has given the command. Take courage, do it. So he waited for two years. He had planned everything he's going to do. And then he told the servants to kill his brother. Can you see how this plot is getting thicker and thicker? So after, after that, um, David was so upset with him. He, he ran away, went away. Then 2 Samuel 15. He got up early 
he got up early every morning and went out. Aha. So now, after he's done that, he ran away and went. So long story short, long story, he's just going to read it. Um, he now, his father now allowed him back. And then as his father allowed him back, he, he goes to the gate and starts talking to the people of the city. Even though he pretended like he's repented, he hadn't repented. He, rep he, 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 he behaved like killing Abnon is the end of the story, but it's the beginning of the story. Because it's not only, he does, it's not only feeling bitter against Abnon, but he's feeling bitter against his dad. I only have 10 more minutes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's bitter against his dad because his dad didn't deal with the issue. So it's very important as well as parents. <coughs> I only have one son, but still, we've been spiritual parents for a long time. And it's very important that you deal with things properly, and we don't let things go without dealing with it properly, because you can sow seeds in your family. So the bitterness that we're talking about are caused by people sometimes, and it's by people's carelessness that we allow things to... We, we don't care. We don't think about other people's feelings. How would they feel about what I'm about to do? And because of that, we release, we re we release this seed that we can't control. So... Because of David, he's now dealt with Abnon. The second enemy wants to deal with his dad that didn't deal with the matter. So now he's going to deal with that. As I said, bitterness grows. So now he's, got, he's grown, he's become a tree, he's now getting fruits. So he got up early, in the mo early every morning and went out to the gate of the city. When the people brought a case to, to the king for judgment... Remember, he believes that his daddy doesn't know how to judge. His dad, his dad can't do it. So when the people bring the case to the king, Absalom would ask where, is, where in Israel they were, they were from. And they would tell him their tribe. Then Absalom would say, you've really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. I wish I were the judge. Then everyone would bring their case to me for judgment, and I would give them justice. So now, the, his, his dad doesn't know how to judge. He knows how to judge. So he will do justice. So it's now winning people onto him. Have you noticed people who are offended, who are bitter, gets people to join their camp? They start whispering here, whispering there. They start getting people to join their camp. So that's why you must never be bitter. We must never. Amen. And then, I'm reading on because of time. And when people try to bow before him, you know, because he's king royalty, they want to bow. Absalom won't let them. Instead, he took them by the hand and kissed them. Absalom did this, and everyone who came to the king for... He did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment. And so he stole the heart of all the people. Offense comes and it starts stealing the heart of the people. It steals the heart. They gather themselves. They become a group. So all those who are offended will be joining his, his, his group. And, and if you know the end of, we know the end of the story, Absalom died a very bitter death. But he didn't only die. He, he called in somebody called Ayutophel. Ayutophel is the counselor of the king. The Bible says when Ayutophel speaks, it's as if God has spoken. Ayutophel too is bitter because Ayutophel, um, yeah, no, Ayutophel's granddaughter, I'm, I'm trying to remember her name, Bathsheba. That's where her name goes. Bathsheba was Ayutophel's granddaughter. 
So because she was Ayutofa's granddaughter, David had slept with Ayutofa's granddaughter. So David had got um, Bathsheba's husband killed. So Ayutofa too is bitter. So they now join gang together. Bitter people look for company. So you start gathering people. Instead of you to be thinking of business, people to join, to do business, to do great things, to do ministry, they, are look, they join a club to pull people down. So that's why you must get rid of bitterness. Because you start getting a crowd. You start getting a crowd. So now they all ganged up. And are you to first cancel is like God. You remember that Dave, um, David had raped. Oh, not ra- I don't know if it's rape or not rape. Some people will say rape. Some people will say it's not rape. Bathsheba. So now when Ayutophel is going to give a counsel, guess what counsel he gave? He told Absalom, go and Absalom, I can't say because there might be children here, go and sleep with all the concubines of your dad in broad daylight. So like, you see the bitterness, the way it goes, it just keeps growing and it keeps growing. And so if we don't get rid of it, it can destroy us and destroy our family and what we believe in. And the same thing, Jesus was killed because of bitterness. Because of bitterness, they got wickedness and jealousy. Bitterness too can be a, a result of jealousy. Oh, why come she's the only one with that? Who gave her the opportunity? And then you become bitter and you become jealous. That's why I say sometimes you could think you are unjustly treated. I've been here longer than her. Why is she the one doing it? Why is he the one doing it? Then you become bitter. So we need to get rid of bitterness. In rounding up, inst- um, this is Ephesians 4, verse 32. If I go, I read, I'm going to read, I read the first part before, so I'm going to just join them together now. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all type of evil behavior. And then 32 says, instead of all those, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, Forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. The Bible says to become tender-hearted because bitterness makes your heart hard. There's nothing anybody says. She's only talking to herself. I am not going to listen to you. Whatever you say, I will still do what I want to do. No, I have to deal with that. And you would make up your case and you will, the devil will breathe, tell you everything they did against you. And the devil might be right. But he will tell you everything, even though he's the one that caused it in the first place. And then you will be, the person can be so bitter that they will not let go. And as I was preparing this message, I keep hearing bitterness against your mom. There's somebody bitter against their mom. And they've held on to this bitterness. It's time to let go. It's time to let go. The Lord is calling us to let go. First Thessalonians 5.15, see that no one pays back evil for evil. But always try to do good to each other and to all people. Do not pay evil for evil. Yes, they meant it for evil, but do not pay it back. Do not pay it back, brethren. Let's not pay it back. Let's ask the Lord to help us to let it go. Let's ask God. They might have treated you unjustly, but God is merciful. God is kind. God will pay you back. God will make sure that you get your just reward. God will fight for you, but you don't fight. He knows what will happen if you fight. He knows the spirits that will join up together to fight against you. If you fight it in the flesh, you have to be led by him. You cannot deal with it yourself. I just want us to close our eyes as I read this scripture, and we will start praying. 
This is Romans 12, verse 19 to 21. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Leave that to the righteous anger. Never take revenge. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Inst says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their head. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. I don't know if anybody's hurt you today. I don't know if you are bitter, but I want you to just close your eyes. No, you don't have to close your eyes, but it's just when I say close your eyes, it just means focus. I want you to just gaze on the Lord and say, Lord, and say, Lord, please forgive me for walking in bitterness. Towards, they mention the name. Let's first start with towards God. Because many times when we are bitter like this, we are saying, what did God do? Who, where was God when this person did this to me? Where was God when he did that? Where was God? So let's face it, bitterness towards God. And bitterness towards myself and those that have hurt me out of jealousy or envy. Let's just say, God, I, I, I forgive these people. Lord, forgive me for even allowing bitterness to take root in my life. And then say, God, I forgive all those who have, who, have, who have embittered me. Say, Lord, I forgive them. God, I forgive those who have embittered me. They've hurt me. They've bruised me. They, they, they teared my clothes. They took what is mine. Lord, I forgive them. They slandered my name. They said evil against me. They lied. I couldn't even justify myself. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I forgive. Lord, uproot this evil bitterness from me. I give, uproot bitterness from me, Lord. Take out bitterness, pull it out of my heart. Take out the, the root of bitterness. When you go home again, you need to continue to just pull this thing out. Lord, pull out bitterness from my heart. Lord, take it out. Lord, I let go. Forgive me for partnering with bitterness. And then choose to bless them. I give them my blessing, Lord, as your word says. And then mention the name of the people if you can. And say, Lord, John, I give my blessing. Simi, I give my blessing. This, I give my blessing. Just bless the people that have grieved you. Choose to give them your blessing. Doesn't mean that God is not going to deal with it. Let God deal with it. You don't. You can't. So give them your blessing. Ask God to restore what has been stolen from you. And the loss of your family. Ask God to restore. Ask God to restore. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Amen. 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 Oh, wow. <laughs> that is a deep preach. My goodness. Thank you. Thank you for like a... Um, we just want to encourage you, ministry team, could you come to the front if... Uh, Molly, you could round up your peeps. That'd be great. So we, obviously we're going to close now um, as we pack up. But I want to encourage you, 
if there's anything uh, that you want to come forward for regarding um, Falaki's preach to um, come to the ministry team to share about you know, guiding through you maybe a little bit more in prayer um, around letting go of that bitterness, um, then please do come forward um, because we want to make sure we deal with these things really well. And, you know, it might not um, just be with them, but we have our inner healing team. Um, which is led by um, Alex and Marina um, is her support. Um, so if there are places where you recognize from Falaki's talk that actually, do you know what, I'm, I'm carrying this around with me, but actually I don't, wanna, I don't want this anymore. This isn't my part. And actually I want to be walking and living in the grace of God and I don't want to miss that. Then please, um, you know, we would love to be able to help you guys walk through that because that's the way where we get to step into the grace of God. We get to live in everything that he has for us and we have good fruit from our lives and so yeah we're just gonna close the service now so feel free be blessed um re-listen to this talk you know go over you know do what even sally has said write a devotional for it and submit it or you know just use it for yourself but go over this is stuff that will change your life um but yeah be blessed have a great week